Hi, you're listening to Earth Matters, bringing you environment and social justice stories. Today's show, The Vanishing River, Voices from the Darling, was produced in the Baikinji Nation by Earthling Studios and is broadcast by 3CR in Nam, Melbourne and around this country by the Community Radio Network. I do pay my respects to elders past and present and emerging who may be listening. I'm Beck Horridge. The Darling River is empty, but not because of drought. The government and companies have pumped the whole thing out. People there are suffering and don't know who to trust. They watch their lives, farms and lands fail and turn to dust. Please listen to their stories and think of what to do. Go to www.thevanishingriver.com.au Now let's hear from the people who live next to the now dry and dusty strip that was a flowing river in western New South Wales. In the first interview of the series, here is Nubail Elder, Dr Beryl Carmichael, interviewed by Kath Eagleson and Mark Merritt in Menindini on Bakinji Country. You are listening to The Vanishing River, Voices from the Darling, a radio series interviewing real people living along the Barwon-Darling River system in western New South Wales, Outback Australia. The interviews in this series were recorded in April and May 2018, and please stay tuned. The darling is dying, please take my word. for us all. There's plenty of food in the Darling River. Plenty for us all. Golden perch, cotton brim, all in there. Plenty for us all. Plenty of too, I see. Plenty for us all. Turtles, mussels, great and small. Plenty for us all. Toxins in our river now. All our food have gone. We must not eat from there no more. All our food have gone. Thank you very much. I'm Dr. Beryl Carmichael. I'm a Ngimpai elder. My traditional name is Yungadu. First impacted on us when they turned the first sort of soil to, to do the water, lake's water storage system. We knew then the trouble would follow. We still had our old law people with us. And they even predict that there'll be big trouble coming once, once they turn the first sod to stop the water coming down, holding the water in the lakes which resulted in all our river gums in the lakes and all dying and, and dead now. And that, that was a great shock to us. And we're still finding out. But what's that, what happened after that was we noticed all life forms along the river, from the plants right through to the people, the birds, the animals and so on, because they were acting strangely. To witness the turtles and uh, coming out and dying before they laid their eggs, we knew that something was horribly wrong in the river, and then we found out 
they were putting all this insecticide and pesticide and you name it into the cotton field to keep the beetles and everything else out of it. And we were copying it every time a rise would come down. We'd, we'd cop it all in their waterways. So how was that impacting on the health of your people? Well, they'd break out in sores. They'd have lots and lots of tummy aches and everything. You know, it, it was a major impact on the people. They didn't know what was going on. But it's still going on today. You've got to be careful what you eat from the river. Four years ago, we went out looking for our medicine plants. And four years since we've seen them. We haven't seen them since. Because they're not letting the water stay long enough in the river to get down to the bottom, to the roots. But they don't care. They're getting big money. That's all they want. They don't care about people or anything else, you know. And, and as I say, within, what, 260-odd years, they've just about destroyed everything. Something's got to be done. It's so ridiculous, though, and the water licences. And there was no consultation with the original custodians. We were never informed whatsoever on what their plan was. But when we heard of all the over-allocation of it, like the big dams, this is what they were filling for later on to sell when, when they already had their water on their crops. They, they, they relied upon that water they were conserving just to fill their pockets. And this is, it's not human. It's a human rights violation? It's everything. It's the rights violation of all life forms. Take away all the blockages. They've blocked up every tributary they can come across. Our flood plans have never had a decent flood on it to produce the Nardu plants that the Aboriginal people relied on to make their flower. That hasn't been seen since. They've blocked everything, even the Great Darling Anabridge. The real Barkindji people out at Lake Victoria, they used to walk into the, to the Anabridge and they'd stay in, at the river during the winter months, uh, summer months. And when it got warmer, they'd go, they'd cool, they'd go back out to the Scotia country. You know, but they knew that there'd be yabbies and fish and turtles, you name it, at, in the Great Darling Anabranch down below here, between us and Fugari. And what's the state of the Anabranch now? Well, they put a pipe through it. Can you imagine fish and turtles going through the pipe? We don't want that. We want the river to be free and let the... Marine life go free as well, you know, they got the right. You are listening to The Vanishing River, Voices from the Darling, a radio series interviewing real people living along the Barwon-Darling River system in western New South Wales, Outback Australia. The interviews in this series were recorded in April and May 2018. And please stay tuned. Does it make the people here in Menindi, your people, very upset about what's going on? I know quite a few people, Black, White and Brindle, they're all upset. They're, they're all upset about it and they, they hope they've got no way of knowing how to stop it. But we've been trying now, like I said, since 2006, to try and do something, even to get them to come and talk to us. That's a long time you've been waiting. Yeah, that's for sure. I haven't got a response. So what is your answer to the problem? What do you believe Sacked needs to happen? 
put a monitorium on the lot. No more. No, no more rubbish. No, no more of this. We're sick of it. We've had enough, you know. Our little ones have got no future. They got no... Look, they say, oh, you know, get involved in sports and things. Help your lifestyle. Keep you fit and healthy. Our kids got nothing. They can't... We used to have uh, yachting, skiing on the lakes and everything. Now there's nothing there today. They can't do it. You're saying that it's impacted on every part of every, traditional life for your everything, people? Everything, everything. Even the birds, they're preventing them from nesting properly. Like the swans who rely on the water to build their big nest, and the pelicans, and then to get their young when, they, when they're at, they train them on the water to fly. They can't do it anymore, so they're all dying, you know. It really makes you ashamed. I feel ashamed to be an Aboriginal person. Let them get away with it, you know, when I know i got a voice, but not too many other people have got a voice, and so I try to speak for them as well, you know. Would it be that the water theft is also identity theft? It is identity theft. Well, it's taken away our lifeblood, eh? That's what it is. You look, the chain of lakes that we had out, there's about five or six lakes linked up around here, and because they stopped the water going in to feed those chains of lakes, it's locked everything. Like, we could go out there at any time in the chain of lakes and you'd know what was there and where to go to get it, but not now. There's nothing, you know, they dry them back as quick as they fill them. So, and that's wrong. Yes, it is wrong, and it must be impacting severely on people's mental health. Well, well, this is why, if you haven't got any fresh water, you go and drink beer and wine and everything else, eh? Oh, it's, it's impacting on everyone, no matter what colour. Do the people in the Menindee community need to buy bottled water if they want to drink something fresh and clean? Yeah, they do, because I, I'm lucky I've got a rainwater tank here, yeah, I want to drink the river water. No, and sometimes it's, the people will complain about it being bitter or something, you know, and not tasting right because too much of uh, the toxins in it. Mm. You know, when you, when you make your tea out of the river water, all your mug is black inside. And so I noticed jug, that on my see cup my of jug tea. When sometimes I used to put the river water in, it's all black inside. And, and what about if you want to have a shower, what's that like? Yeah, well, that's just as hard too on your skin. Why do you think the Darling River has ended up like it is today? On account of stupid politicians who don't know what they're doing and only thinking about deep pockets. It's a liquid highway for their pockets. Can you see a solution to this problem? Undo all the damage they've done, unblock all the blockages in the rivers and tributaries that they've created, let the big flow of water come down. We'd, we'd probably need about six floods to get the river clean again. That's for sure. You said you were in favour of a Federal Royal Commission into water trading and water, water pumping licences? Well, it's got to happen. I'd like to see them penalised. They shouldn't be able to get away with it and make a joke about it because it's impacting on thousands of people who rely heavily on the Murray-Darling Basin for survival of, a na of nations, three or four different nations. There's over four million people that rely on the Murray-Darling Basin for water. And, you know, but I'd like to see them all 
sit down and think about the damage and destruction that they've done and, and what they're creating for the humans as well. Wouldn't the Royal Commission do that? I, well, I hope it would, but I think a monitorium as well. Stop all development in our nation until they can sit down and, and consult with the people. Because look what they've done, mate. I, I just can't believe they can get away with it. What's happening out here? Do something about them, you know? <coughs> Ridiculous. They're clowns. That's all they are. They're clowns. But they're practising non-humans. None of this entered their mind because they've got no brain. I'm 83 years of age, and I'll tell you what, we shouldn't have to persevere with what they're dishing out to us. It's so ridiculous what they're doing today to our, to what Mother Nature provided for us. They can't stop interfering with Mother Nature. One day they're going to get a shock. That was Dr Beryl Carmichael, interviewed by Mark Merritt and Cathy Eaglesham. You're listening to Earth Matters, environment and social justice stories on the Community Radio Network. And this next interview is so moving because it is about how the death of a river affects kids. You are listening to The Vanishing River, Voices from the Darling, a radio series interviewing real people living along the Barwon-Darling River system in western New South Wales, Outback Australia. The interviews in this series were recorded in April and May 2018. And please stay tuned... When Earthling Studios got to Wilcannia, we just missed a three-day protest action that had taken place on the main bridge, on the main highway to Broken Hill. That was on the Easter weekend. We were a couple of weeks, or maybe only one week after that. I bumped into um, Kelly, who was running a local cafe, uh, surrounded by all kids of the town because it was school holidays and there were children everywhere and uh, I got a quiet moment and I asked Kelly how does the zero flow in the Darling affect the children in Wilcannia? In every way, like how can it not? They can't go fishing, they can't go swimming, they can't even pretty much, the water's undrinkable, you know, it so it's affected everything, everything they do, their whole life really. Because their life is to go down there. Like the kids come up with a big fish on a piece of hose, you know, walk up to the cafe with this big piece of fish that they can't touch. Like, what have you been doing? You can't go in the river. They know that. But what are they meant to do? No swimming pool, no water, no nothing of their life that they've always been able to do. I'm not blaming the cotton farmers, and I think some of the kids go, oh, yeah, it's the cotton farmers. We got the cotton farmers. But the fact behind it is the cotton farmers can't do anything without government approval. Now they've been approved to take water. The government's given permission to them to take water out of our river. There's not that much there. So now we've got sandbars. Kids get sick, you know, green infections through sickness and it's, it is because of the water. So it's a whole town sick. A town that's left with nothing, you know. No drinking water. The birds aren't migrating. They used to migrate here. Or they come and just left straight away when they normally stay. They're gone. It's everything. Well, what about the uh, grazings along the river? Are they involved? Well, they're, they're also yeah. affected as well, aren't they? Everything's, yeah. everything's affected by this water. By no water. 
No water. That's it. And that big sign, you know, water more precious than gold. And it is at the moment. It is here anyway, you know. But that's the thing, it is. It's water's more precious than gold. Like, you can get gold, go get gold. You can't live off it, you can't do anything. Water you need to survive. It's the main, you know, water, food, housing, whatever we need. But, I mean, water behind everything. It's behind everything. Do you think the water minister would be safe in this town? Well, I don't think so. <laughs> as, as long as he tells people he's somebody else, maybe. I don't think so. The town's very angry. The people are angry. The kids are the ones that done most of the marching. If you look at all the newspapers and all the filming, it's the kids that were lining up. It was the kids that were screaming. It was the kids that were holding the signs. We are the people of the They know they can't swim, they can't fish, they can't... That's what they do here. There's nothing else 200 kilometres either way. What can you do? Even from the rally, like, the ki from kids to people on walking sticks went and rallied and stood on that bridge for three days. What do we want? What do we got? And I don't think we got... I don't think there was mainstream media here to even recognise what the people tried to do within three days of blocking the bridge. What do you think has to happen? They have to give the water back. It's stored up there. Why can't it come back? Or why can't the government pay to replace the water? Because it's not this... Like I explained to the kids, it's not their fault that this has happened. And how are they going to explain to their kids what has happened, like, you know, old Uncle Badger and a few of the others and Uncle Eddie are explaining to them of their life here as a kid. And there's no way these kids have got the same life. Like, all, all weekend, you've seen it, you've been here, you've seen it, you know. What can, what can you do? There's one place open on a Sunday and there's 20 or 30 kids that aren't being rude, that aren't naughty, that are actually well-behaved, happy, excited, that have nowhere to go. These kids are intelligent. It can't go on more. Another six months, it can't. There's no water. You know, from what I heard on the radio was, I don't know, is that we're on bore water, you know, which in some places might be OK or not OK, but it's not OK if people are getting sick and you go to hop into a shower and it stinks. What would you say to the listeners of this broadcast? What would you say to them in the suburbs? What, what would be your message to people in Sydney? Well, some people from Sydney don't realise. You know, I've got inside, I've got all the signage for the Darling River for the petition we're doing, and people go, what's this about? And I, I go, oh, where are you from, you know? And the response I got today was Sydney. And I said, don't you know about our river and what's happening? No, we don't know anything. You know, and they're going, what's this for? And I said, we've got no water. Like, we've got nothing. And like I say to the kids and to the people, it isn't the cotton farmers. It, our government's allowed a town and other towns to suffer. 
Well, I was also told that there was millions of dollars put back in and over $10 million to replace the water, but then was handed back out to the cotton farmers again, which was government money meant to fix the water system here. I don't know how many millions. That's what I mean. How many million dollars do you have to pay to fix this river? I love these kids. The kids here are beautiful, you know. They haven't got much. But, I mean, where's the Prime Minister? He should be here. He should have a look. There should, it, it needs to be fixed now, last month, <laughs> two months ago. You know, it's... Yeah, it's gone. <laughs> it's nearly dead. A whole, this was the third biggest port in New South Wales. How? How can it happen? Money, money can't replace lives, sick kids, a whole town. It might be a small population in this town and they go, oh, they don't mind. They do mind. People should come and have a look from everywhere, all over Australia, wherever you're from. No, third biggest port in New South Wales to go down to nothing, not even a flowing, a sandbar. How? How do we give our kids drinking a cup of clean drinking water? In Sydney, yes, OK, because you, you don't know the effects if you haven't been out here. The people that have have seen it are just in shock. <laughs> it's, it's just... <laughs> I don't know what to say. Yeah, there's something has to happen. Something has to... It's the government's fault, 100%. But that's what I mean. Why can't the Prime Minister, Premier of the State, whatever, just come here and have a look? See these kids. See how they're suffering. Why should they suffer? What have they done? You know, they haven't done anything. They haven't used the water. They haven't destroyed the water. They've looked after the land here. Well, uh, generation after generation after generation lived here with no problems, you know. Water always running, fish to feed all their food. The locals eat out of the river. They eat, they go and fish, cook, eat, whatever, catch their... They can't do that no more. Everything's got diseases, everything. And not that you can even fish down here anymore because it's... Spot the water. Like, where's Wally, you know? Need to put a red stripy jacket on him and find the water. It's a hunt. Where is all these people? Where is the people that are looking after Australia, looking after the locals, looking after the little people in little towns? What's your message to them? Come here. Come and have a look. Come and speak to the people. You might get yelled at. So you might get... There's a lot of angry people in this town because it's a criminal act. It's not legal. It wasn't done all legally, I don't think. Well, what about the people here? Come out here and spend a day, an hour here with the local people. Come and have a look at the river. Come and have a look, because this is their life. This is the way they live. It's unbelievable. You need to see it. Speak to the kids, because they have so much information on it, because their whole lives have changed in the last couple of years from everything because our base is water, that's it. Let's fix this. As, together, Australia, it's our country, it's our people. Let's look after them. No money can replace a whole community, lots of communities. These kids are worth more than anything, like all kids are, that's it, yep. It's their future. This is The Vanishing River, Voices from the Darling. Interviews with real people affected by ever-diminishing flows along Australia's iconic Darling River.
The Vanishing River, Voices from the Darling, is produced by Earthling Studios at Grassy Head, New South Wales. Executive producer, Mark Merritt. Field coordinators and technical assistants by Susie Peake and Kath Eaglesham. Interviews by Mark Merritt and Kath Eaglesham. Voiceovers by Sally Hook. Please write to us with your feedback. Post Office Box 30, Stewart's Point, New South Wales, 2441. The darling is dying, please take my word. The Darling River and Menindee Lakes are in crisis. We are working hard to bring out and share the personal lived stories and facts surrounding the problem to the people of Australia and around the world. To find out more about issues and matters related to the Darling River, go to the Vanishing River website, www.thevanishingriver.com.au. Thevanishingriver.com.au. You have been listening to Earth Matters. This edition was produced on the land of the Barkindji Nation for Radio 3CR in Nam, Melbourne, Wurundjeri country, and broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. If you'd like to get in touch with the Earth Matters team, you can email us at earthmatters3cr at gmail.com or visit our Facebook on Earth Matters 3CR Radio. And to listen to or to share editions of Earth Matters, you can find this and all the Earth Matters podcasts at 3cr.org.au forward slash Earth Matters. Look out for more from the Earth Matters team next week. I'm Beck Horridge. The music on today's show was by Tony Smith, the dying darling, from his Darling River Man album. What lies in the shallows Where I have just been Dead fish and blue algae Still water gone green Weak banks that are falling Dissolving below What's this I am seeing Does anyone know Won't someone please wake me I'm not really here There's no way Just go away This country's too dear Old trees that are dying Leaves fall as their tears They've lived amongst beauty For hundreds of years Big stock that won't water, wildlife dying near. No hope for my darling, the message is clear. Won't someone please take me where I can be heard? The darling is dying, please take my word. Her spirit is leaving 
Her beauty is mud How could something so peaceful Become so scarred Her spirit is leaving